0: At least one veteran Commanders player is likely on the move following the NFL Draft. That and more on today's episode of Locked On Commanders. Your daily podcast on the Washington Commanders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. Welcome Commanders fans of the Locked On Commanders Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day this is your daily podcast covering the washington commanders please subscribe or follow for free on youtube or wherever you get your podcast so you always get the latest episodes as they drop i'm david harrison credential member of the media covering your washington commanders for commander country a part of sports illustrated fan nation you can find me there here or on twitter at d harrison 82 or you can text me anytime at 202-760-2644 thanks as always for making locked on commanders your first listen or your first view today and every day. To my everydayers out there, special thank you to you for joining me all draft weekend. And here as we continue our immediate reactions following the NFL draft class, kind of track every single ripple effect uh, that comes following the, the NFL draft every year and especially this year. And to our new listeners, new viewers, appreciate you all coming through and checking out the program. Speaking of the future, a look of what the future might hold for the Washington Commanders, from a source that was actually surprisingly accurate, projecting the future this time last year. But first, we have to talk about the salary cap ramifications of the NFL draft. Have multiple YouTube comments, Twitter uh, comments, uh, ads, or whatever you want to call them, uh, subtexters have been texting me about this very topic because at least one veteran player from the Washington Commanders roster is likely to be moving before training camp, really before rookie camp. Uh, if you want to get real about it, as the Commanders do have to account for the addition of these rookies onto their salary cap. Typically, classes cost around ten million dollars in the first year. Uh, a Buccaneers bookkeeper a few years ago told me that's essentially how much money NFL teams kind of like to earmark ahead of the NFL draft for how much their class is going to cost them is about ten million dollars a year. Obviously, the higher you pick, the more expensive that's going to get. But roughly ten million dollars a year is an accurate number. Now, according to Spotrac, currently. The commanders currently are about $3.088 million under this year's salary cap and owe approximately $5.5 million against the top 51 salary cap from this year's rookie class. Now, what's the difference between the top 51 rookie or, uh, salary cap and the regular salary cap? Well, the top 51 salary cap count towards, counts towards teams having to get under that salary cap. All the way up until the first week of the regular season. What it means is that the salaries that fall outside of the top 51 salaries on the roster don't actually count as far as salary cap compliance is concerned right now, again, until the first week of the regular season. And then even once the first week of the regular season comes in, your 53-man roster, your active 53-man roster is what counts against the salary cap practice squad and all that stuff. Those guys don't count. So When you look at it that way, you have a 90-man roster usually heading into training camp, right? Only the top 51 salaries matter when you're talking about cap compliance. In this situation for the Washington Commanders, when you add a player to the top 51 salaries, somebody falls off, right? So whoever number 51 is right now, you add someone above them, that 51st salary now falls off, and now you have a new Number. So every time you add a contract to that top 51, it doesn't necessarily just add purely to that previous number. You have to add that number and then subtract the previous 51st uh contract. And that's how you get your actual cap uh impact and implications. So, so even if a team were to say make a trade, right, or sign another big name free agent in this phase of the NFL offseason, you know, let's say the Washington is go out and sign a guy for two million dollars, that full two million. Doesn't automatically go in salary cap because whoever that 51st contract is, which right now is Cole Turner, his contract amount now becomes the 52nd highest uh, contract or salary cap hit. So his no longer counts right now towards salary cap compliance. Hopefully that makes uh, a little bit of sense. So as a team agrees to these rookie deals, right, this is the point. uh, As long as they're in that top 51, they will count towards the Washington commanders being or not being cap compliant. And bottom line, they can't not be cap compliant. So that won't happen. As of right now, the rookie class does not count against salary cap because, well, the rookie deals have not actually been agreed to. At least none of them have at the time of this recording. But you should start to see those uh, get finalized and agreed to ahead of rookie camp, which starts next weekend, not this weekend, but the following weekend for the Washington Commanders. Now, the biggest contract, of course, that the Washington Commanders are about to inherit through the NFL draft belongs to cornerback Emmanuel Forbes, the first round draft pick, uh, who will count around $2.8 million against the cap this year. Now, the way that the rookie wage scale works in the National Football League, there isn't a whole lot of flexibility in the rookie deals, but there is some, but still $2.8 million is around what the commanders are going to owe against the salary cap to Emmanuel Forbes here in year one. Next second round pick, defensive back Juan Martin will cost around $1.39 million against that top 51 cap. Ricky Stromberg will count for about $964,000. Braden Daniels, $938,000. KJ Henry, 840,000. Chris Rodriguez Jr., 794,000. And Andre Jones Jr., 775,000. But those numbers aren't necessarily indicative of what the real cap number was, is going to be. Because, for example, when you add Ricky Stromberg's 938,000 to the top 51, remember that 51st contract previously now falls off. So Cole Turner's number falls off, and the cap consideration uh, is flexed a little bit. Similarly, let's say that happens first, and then Quan Martin jumps onto the books. Dax Milne's salary would then be the 51st contract, so it would fall off, and the difference between Quan Martin's projected cap hit and Dax Milne's current cap hit is about $430,000. So Washington's cap number actually would only go up $430,000, despite the fact that Quan costs them $1.39 million. So because of that offsetting value, again, that's if those moves happened in that order, uh, we have no idea or no way of really projecting when each deal will get done and agreed to uh, so that number will fluctuate. But that's just as an example uh, of kind of how that works. So that being said, when all is said and done, ultimately, the commanders are scheduled to be about $2.5 million over the salary cap, and they can't do that. So when those rookie signings come, it's going to put them over the cap, meaning they have to make corresponding moves to shed that money and get under the salary cap, become cap compliant once again. And it has to come from a top 51 member. Remember, if you release 10 guys all making $200,000 a year, which isn't possible because it's below the league minimum, but let's just say it were possible. You release uh, 10 guys making 200 k that's $2 million. It doesn't matter because those are all below the top 51. You have to release somebody uh, or move a contract from the top 51 in order for it to actually impact your top 51 salary cap. So who are those prime candidates to move and free up that money we're going to talk about three options coming up today on this episode of Locked On Commanders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And we're going to do that thanks to our friends over at FanDuel. Make a fast break to FanDuel during the NBA playoffs because right now, new customers, you can get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win every day. Or as you know, I'm taking the nuggets every single day against the Phoenix Suns. Some of those are going to lose because the Nuggets aren't going to sweep the Suns. But ultimately, I'll make more money, I think, than I'll lose. On Tuesday, however, we have the Miami Heat at six and a half point underdogs, which I'm going to take that line against the New York Knicks. Knicks, And we've got the Warriors set as five point favorites over the Los Angeles Lakers in game one of that series. I am going to take the Warriors, but I'm going to take money line on that one. I'm not going to mess around with uh, point spreads when you're talking about Steph and LeBron, of course. On top of a no sweat first bet, FanDuel always has other great promotions going on, like a no sweat derby bet up to $20 on your favorite horse to win at the Kentucky Derby. Derby. And it's all done on a safe and secure app that is so user-friendly, even I can use it. There's no better place to bet on all the playoff action than America's number one sports book. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on FanDuel, official sports betting partner of the NBA. going to bring a lot of to you manage first listen or your first view every single day. Every day as I've started watching my tape on Emmanuel Forbes and Quan Martin ahead of our deep dive into the two new defensive backs and secondary depth chart reset. That is coming up later this week. For now, though, we're going to identify some players who might fall casualty, casualty to this salary cap situation facing the Washington Commanders following this year's NFL draft. And we're going to start, honestly, with a name. I don't think it's likely to be the guy or one of the guys potentially, but as someone still being talked about, even now as a potential player that could be on the move from the Washington commanders. And that is fourth year defensive end chase young. There was tons of pre-draft NFL speculation and pre NFL draft speculation. We covered a good amount of it here. Someone in the Houston Texans market wanted to trade the number 12 overall pick for chase. Uh, There was some other speculation. We covered it all. Look, we had the conversations because conversations have to be had. Honestly, when the trade wasn't made during the NFL draft, and again, going into the draft, if you remember every day or especially, I'd said that I felt the team should and likely would allow Chase Young and Montez Sweat to both enter the season with expiring contracts and basically at the end of the year, re-sign the guy that you feel the most comfortable moving forward with at the end of the year. Now it appears that they're going to be doing that. At least from Young's standpoint, as they officially declined Chase Young's fifth year option on Monday with head coach Ron Rivera, quote, saying about the move, quote, well, just for the most part, it was a football decision that we made. And for the most part, it's one of those things that we want to take care of our own. We want to go out and we want them to play well. And if that's what happens and we have a really good problem to have, and it's something that we'll have to work through once we know where everything is, end quote. This is something that's been brought up by Commanders fans uh multiple times since we've started having this conversation every time I say that the team should not pick up the the fifth year option the answer uh from those who wanted the team to pick up the fifth year option is well that's how you end up in a situation next year where Chase Young balls out so much that you have to pay him 17 18 20 million dollars a year here's what I would say then so I'm saying now is what Ron Rivera is saying as well that's a great problem to have if Chase Young puts his team in a situation where they may have to pay him the 17.5 million dollars that he was due on the fifth year option anyway well if you're the washington commanders it's better to spend that money knowing that you're getting potentially at least or you should be getting 17 and a half million dollars worth of production versus doing it now in hopes of getting that production regardless either way i don't think chase young is going anywhere this season but there are still people who have chase young tied to post nfl draft trades so let's dive into this just go through the numbers young currently counts for 10.99 million dollars against the 2023 salary cap If he were to be released, which he won't be, but for conversation's sake, all of that money would be dead cap money. They wouldn't save a dime, so it makes no sense. On multiple levels, it makes no sense for Chase Young to be released by the Washington Commanders. Now, if he was traded, then Washington would save around $5 million. So you could say that is where the sense would make. But bottom line, Young obviously isn't being released, and I don't believe he's being traded either. And to my knowledge, he's not – he's – obviously not going to be happy about his option not being exercised right there's there's no reason to not think that but to my knowledge has been no demand or ask for a trade or anything of the sort. so I expect Young to get this year to show Washington that he's worth a further investment and like Rivera said hope to have the problem of figuring out how to sign two top tier defensive ends next year assuming that Montez Sweat also balls out this season that brings us to the second option which is cornerback Kendall Fuller A little bit more likely to happen drafting emmanuel forbes drafting quan martin in the first two rounds of the nfl draft kind of opens the door to this conversation and has brought his status into question i wrote about it for commander country it's a question that had to come up it's a question that has to be discussed uh however kendall fuller was the best graded cover corner on the team according to pff last year and he did have some critical takeaways in wins during last nfl season Also, Kendall Fuller could be a a candidate to move back inside where he had his best years in the NFL in Kansas City and where he was when he first got back to Washington. Fuller financially is due to make $11.625 million. This year, he saves the team $8.5 million if he is released or traded the most of all three of these candidates I'm going to present to you today. That financial gain, uh, really, even after the rookie contracts are agreed to, puts you about $6 million plus in uh, the salary cap, unlikely to happen in my opinion. Just because it's a lot of weight to put on Emmanuel Forbes, it's a lot of weight to put on Quan Martin as rookies. You take Kendall Fuller off the field. Emmanuel Forbes has to be your starter outside opposite Benjamin St. Juice, and now you have no option really to move inside if Quan Martin is out there. So Quan Martin has to stay inside and essentially battle that with Daniel Danny Johnson and Percy Butler for slot snaps. It takes away the safety net uh, for the Washington Commanders defense. Should either of those guys struggle? or get injured, you really don't have uh, a great option behind them in that case without Kendall Fuller on the field. That brings us to the guy that I think is the most likely uh, scenario. And unfortunately, it's also one of the sadder scenarios, and that is veteran center Chase Roulier, who's coming off of two years back-to-back suffering season-ending injuries. Uh, The commander selected uh, Arkansas center Ricky Stromberg. They signed free agent center Nick Gates from the New York Giants. Between Gates and Stromberg, the commanders are only on the hook for about four and a half million dollars against the cap for their starting center you go back to ron rivera's uh, conversation about having some young guys on the roster and what that allows you to do from a spending standpoint if you can continue forward with these young centers develop Stromberg, lean on on nick gates rullier alone counts for almost three times that amount he counts for 12.42 million dollars against the cap this year he's 30 years old he's coming off the back-to-back injury seasons And he saves the team. He does have a bigger dead cap hit than Kendall Fuller, but he still saves the team $4.32 million if released or traded. So since Washington only needs $2.5 million unless they go out and add another free agent uh, or trade for another uh, veteran player, the most sense here makes Rulier. Again, with Gates, you have experience at the position in the NFL, and you've also got experience from somebody inside the division. Nick Gates has played against the Eagles. He's played against the Dallas Cowboys. He obviously knows the New York Giants very well. So he's a guy that he is that built-in safety net that you don't have if you move Kendall Fuller. That would put the Washington Commanders about $2 million under the cap, uh, including if including the rookie deal. So when you add in the rookie deals, the commanders, the commanders would still have about $2 million of salary cap space, which is close, real relatively speaking, to what they have now. And when you add back in Dax Milne and Cole Turner for the top 53 for the 53-man active roster, uh, the team is still under the salary cap by about a $1 million. Now, if the team does add further free agents, right, this phase of free agency, sometimes you see a free agent signed by the team, uh, and you need more cap space. I think a candidate you got to keep your eye on is guard Andrew Norwell, who could be released and save about $2 million as well. And with the moves Washington has made this offseason, they could certainly potentially uh, uh, withstand the impact of losing Andrew Norwell on their offensive line and replace him fairly uh, easily. So, those are some ideas. Again, Chase Young, I don't think is going to happen, but because people are still speculating about him from a national standpoint, feel like we need to at least discuss it. So, when someone brings up Chase Young to you, you now have some ammunition on why it's probably not going to happen. Kendall Fuller, again, he's probably the more attractive, and obviously, he, he opens up eight point five million dollars if you move him. So, financially speaking, that makes the most sense, but. When you look at the commander's depth chart uh, which will we continue we will continue to do this week uh, it just doesn't make a whole lot of sense to move him uh, immediately now again if these guys come out and just ball out and start to show massive amounts of talent then maybe that inspires the team to do something there but you're going to have to get under the cap here uh before those two guys quan martin and Manuel Forbes, specifically really have the chance to show it so again i think chase Rullier, Uh, unfortunately, his time is probably up with the Washington Commanders. So that's our look in the very near future. Again, something's got to happen because you can't agree to all these rookie deals and keep all the players currently under contract. Under contract, someone is going to have to be moved. There are certainly some other combinations of moves that the team could make, but I think these three candidates, uh, really, Chase Roulier is the one that makes the most sense. Now, for some, it's never too early to look far enough ahead. and We're talking about another year's NFL draft. Never too early to mock draft for some. We're going to look into that next here on today's episode of Locked on Commanders. Take a look at a PFF way too early 2024 mock NFL draft by Max Chadwick. And Chadwick has Washington Commanders selecting sixth overall. So he does not see the Washington Commanders doing a whole lot of damage this coming season. Uh, And with the sixth overall pick, he has a Washington Commanders selecting Penn State offensive tackle Olu Fashanu out of, again, out of Penn State. So not a quarterback. So I guess Sam Howell does well, but not well enough to get outside the top 10 in draft picks and uh, the Washington Commanders go offensive tackle. So uh, Chadwick writes, quote, Machado was a projected first rounder in the 2023 NFL draft, but opted to return to get his master's degree. Not only does he excel in the classroom, but he also excels in pass protection. His 84.7 pass blocking grade was sixth amongst power five tackles, and he didn't surrender a sack and only allowed one hit on 281 pass blocking snaps, end quote. That is pretty good. When you look at the two rookies that they did draft the Washington Commanders this year, offensive linemen, uh, both Ricky Stromberg, and brain Daniels gave up uh if my memory serves seven pressures each no sacks but each of them gave up seven pressures those are pretty good numbers but uh but but vashanu here goes one step better only one pressure uh, allowed one quarterback hit no sacks allowed so he was certainly a solid potential addition uh obviously hes going to wait till next year because he did decide to return to Penn state but it kind of got me thinking right not not so much how much stock do i really want to put in a way too early mock draft? I don't think the Washington Commanders are picking six overall next year. Again, I'm not going to get fully into a win-loss projection uh, at this stance or at this point in the season. May 11th, reportedly, is the target date for the NFL to release next year's uh, schedule. So once we have that, we will kind of take a look at an early projection because, again, the way that these games unfold, you know, how long is a team on the road, who are they playing, when are they playing them, all that stuff does matter. So we will do a kind of a, probably a way too early, but not as early as this is for a mock draft. Ah, uh, projection for win losses, and then we'll make another projection as we get closer to the regular season. But it did get me thinking: how accurate is way too early mock drafts? Usually, right? Really? So I went back and I looked up PFF's way too early 2023 NFL mock draft. This one was published on May second, 2022, and was written by Michael Renner of PFF.com uh, at the time. And he had the Washington Commanders picking tenth overall. So they picked six spots uh higher than that. And he had them picking safety Antonio Johnson out of Texas AM. Now at the time, uh uh Michael Renner wrote, quote, while we've already had a Kyle Pitts impersonator come off the board, here comes a Kyle Hamilton-esque safety at six foot three, two hundred pounds. Johnson is a long physical slot corner for the Aggies. He allowed only 228 yards on 62 targets last season. End quote, that would have been the 2021 season that Renner was talking about. Uh, Antonio Johnson and eventually became a fifth round pick of the Jacksonville Jaguars. I believe someone can fact check me there. I believe it was the Jacksonville Jaguars that took him in the fifth round. So that wasn't accurate, right? The Washington Commanders end up picking 16th, not 10th. They don't even go safety in the first round, uh, but they do. Uh, they, I mean, they eventually did go uh, safety, right, with Quan Martin. But um, Kyle Hamilton is a guy that a lot of us thought was going to happen in the 2020 uh, two NFL draft did not happen. So you can kind of see where the correlation. Goes there, but runner was actually surprisingly accurate in a lot of other places in his 2023 way too early mock draft. So, this source, pff.com, uh, does have a little bit of ground to stand on when saying, like, look, when we project a year out, we're still fairly accurate. Uh, for starters, he they did have Bryce Young going number one overall, the Alabama quarterback. Now, they had him going to the Houston Texans, as we know, they messed that whole thing up by winning a game at the end of the season, the Chicago Bears end up with the number one pick. They trade it to the Carolina Panthers. The Panthers end up with Bryce Young, but they did have Bryce Young as the number one quarterback in the class. They had C.J. Stroud as the second quarterback in the class, so that was accurate. Will Anderson, the edge rusher out of Alabama, was Renner's top defensive player off the board. Again, that matches real life. Uh, One year later, Bijan Robinson out of Texas was the top running back in Renner's mock draft. Again, that mimics real life. Uh, Miles Murphy, specifically, when you talk about getting really close to a pick in a team, Miles Murphy was projected a year out at number 22 overall to the Cincinnati Bengals ends up going to the Cincinnati Bengals but he went number 28. It's a 6 pick spread. I still find that fairly accurate. Like if 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 Michael Renner had projected number 10 overall Emmanuel Forbes to the Washington Commanders, I would be blown away right now. The fact that got Miles Murphy number 22 to the Bengals that actually happened at number 28 still very impressive to me. And 15 of his 31 first round picks made it into this year's first round uh, of the real life nfl draft so again to me it's pretty impressive now i'm not telling you to go out and, and buy yourself an olu fashanu jersey just yet for the washington commanders but uh you know if 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 pff is saying that olu fashanu is a first round projected tackle last year and this year uh probably a pretty good chance if he stays healthy that he is uh one of those types of guys so maybe you want to watch some more penn state football than maybe you normally do. In the meantime, I just thank you for coming here and watching Locked On Commanders with me. I, make, I thank you for making Locked On Commanders your first listen or your first view every single day. Every day is, again, I'm diving into the film. I'm getting through it. I, I wanted to kind of put it together today, but I was like, you know what, don't let me rush through this. Let me make sure I'm thorough. Do a good job for you guys. So I will continue to watch film, and we will talk uh, these draft prospects in depth. I'll tell you which games I watched, uh, what I saw from them, and then we'll go through a position-by-position position group uh, re- rearranging of the depth chart. See if I can get some predictions right uh, myself. So we will continue that this week. In the meantime, if you've got questions for me from this year's NFL draft or anything moving to the future, send them into email at locked at gmail.com on Twitter at dharrison 82 in the YouTube comments or text me anytime at two zero two seven, six zero two six four four via subtext signing off for today. I'm David Harrison, staff writer for commander country Park sports illustrates fan nation credential member of the media covering your Washington Commanders, and more importantly, hanging out with you five days a week. Till we speak again, if you're out and about, please be safe, be kind to one another, and I'll see you right back here next time for another episode of Locked On Commanders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.